It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission to serve you, to empower you, so you make better financial decisions in your life. Hiring a contractor to do work around your home, that is tough. It's more art than anything else. It is a tough thing to do. And the horror stories we've heard over the years are true classics of it's a lot easier to get into trouble than it is to get out of it. So there's a new way to do this in terms of having a third party hire the contractor for you. And I want to talk about that straight ahead. Also, we've got a real problem with organized professional theft rings hitting stores. And it's putting you and me in danger in terms of our safety and ultimately could affect what we end up paying for goods. And I'm going to address that later in this episode. So not that many months ago, I talked about my unhappiness with Angie's List, that Angie is an actual person who sold her business at one point. And what happens when you sell your business, the ethical model you used, the buyers don't have to honor. And so Angie was like the real deal. She was really into making sure that anybody she recommended was somebody she truly believed in to do improvements to your home, repairs to your home, in addition to your home, anything like that. And it was kind of a phenomenon. And the deal was you paid a subscription to be a member. It's kind of like Consumer Reports for repairs because Consumer Reports doesn't take advertising. They're unbought and unbossed. And Consumer Reports is supported by its subscribers. And so Angie was basically that same model. Well, the current owners have not been able to make their money they want to make from that kind of model. So they went to a whole new thing that I picked on them about months ago. And that is where they just recommend, in my opinion, whoever pays them money for advertising. And they're not the only ones. There are a lot of these that have cropped up around the country and they tell you to trust them and, you know, people get into real trouble. It's terrible. So, yeah, the whole idea of pay for play is always concerning to me that somebody recommends something because that company paid them to be this, that, or the other for them. So Angie's now trying a new business model where you want to do a repair or improvement to your home and they supposedly vet the contractor you do the deal through them and angie's list supposedly is standing behind the repair now i have visions of all the complaints we had cascading on us years ago about home depot because home depot tried this and I don't know if they're in this at all anymore because we don't get complaints about them like we used to. But people would go through Home Depot to hire a contractor to do work at their home or an addition or repair or whatever. And then when people had a problem, 
Home Depot was like, what, what, us? What do we have to do this? We don't have anything to do this. Who are you? What's this? And Home Depot fell flat on its face doing this to reputational harm by saying, hey, you're doing business with the big guy. You're doing business with Home Depot. We're here. We're your friend. We're going to take care of this. They don't take care of it. We're here. So that's what Angie's List is going to do now. And I'm not exactly holding my breath, but as they look for in their um, adolescent years, they're looking for a new way to be a trusted source in the marketplace and also be able to make money. This is their latest thing is where you hire them. You hire somebody to do the work through them and they supposedly are going to stand behind it. Now I read the Angie's List service guarantee, and I was not exactly excited by it. Um, There was not enough in it, enough teeth, about what they would do and how they would handle it if you weren't happy. It was a lot of platitudes about how they want you to be happy, and they're going to do what they can to make you happy. Uh Uh-uh. What's really going to matter is how does this play out in real life? And are they really there for you when something goes wrong? Which inevitably, with home repairs, improvements and additions, things will go wrong. And the real test here is going to be, are you really there for people, Angie's List? Or are you just trying to score more money? And on that, I'm putting a big question mark. I'm not saying this is not something to use I just want you to go in with your eyes open, knowing that it is untested whether Angie's list will be there when the chips are down for you. And say, Angie's list, I'm watching you. All right, let's get to some questions. This is from Brian in Connecticut. I'm a single male in my 30s with no children. I made about 75000 in 2020. I received my state tax refund for 2020, but I'm still waiting on my federal refund which is about $3,000. I filed my return paper, not electronic, in March of 2021 with the help of my longtime CPA. I've never had any tax refund issues before, and I don't owe any back taxes. I checked the Where's My Refund 2020 on irs.gov, and it tells me it can't provide me any information. I was able to get in contact with the IRS over the phone, and they told me they also can't tell me when I'll be receiving it. My accountant says he can just apply this $3,000 as a credit to my return for 2021. Is there anything else I can do to get an update on this? No, follow your accountant's advice on this. And Brian, you know, we have already talked about the issues the IRS is having. And the IRS came forward publicly weeks ago and said, hey, we're going to mess up this tax season. And you filed a paper return instead of electronic. The IRS is so short-staffed that when you file a paper return, Things come off the rails. So this money, thank goodness, it sounds like you have been able to fully function financially without the 3000 So follow your accountant's lead. Take it as a credit on the return you're filing soon for 21. And hopefully it will be processed much quicker than what has been going on waiting for the lost in space return from the prior year. And I I wish I had 
my normal kind of thing. Oh, call your congressman's constituent service office. They'll be able to push things along. They can't reach anybody at the IRS right now because the IRS pre-pandemic was unbelievably short-staffed, and that has only been a problem that has gotten worse in the pandemic. And this is from Laura. I'm updating my financial records with beneficiary information, and two of my mutual funds are requesting the Social Security numbers of the persons I'm listing. Is there a way to include them as beneficiaries on these accounts without having to provide Social Security numbers? The people I'm wanting to name are family members, but not in my immediate family. Thus, I'm uncomfortable asking for such personal information. Laura, it's standard operating procedure that if you want to list them as beneficiaries today because of various legal requirements, you have to provide the Social Security numbers. But there is a workaround to this, and it's more complicated at the time you might pass away, and that is you can instead leave no beneficiary designation with the financial firm. But instead, what you can do is in your will, you can designate that these individuals are to inherit a particular account or accounts, and that would be a way around it. But it is much more streamlined, much easier if you do, in fact, name them as a beneficiary with the mutual fund provider, and provide those social security numbers. When you tell somebody that what you're doing is you're trying to give them money potentially someday if any's left, I think they're really (laughs) happy. You might not mind coughing that up. I think they're willing to give (laughs) that social security number, and I wouldn't feel so nervous about asking for it in that circumstance. And this is from Dean in Connecticut. I purchased concert tickets from Ticketmaster to a concert that was postponed to a new date. My dilemma is that I can't attend the new date, and I was wondering what my rights are. Am I entitled to a refund? (sighs) Dean, you're the first Ticketmaster situation like this we've had in a good while. And we go back to, you know, 20 months ago. We had hundreds of these coming in, hundreds, uh, as concerts were, quote-unquote, postponed in other events people had bought from Ticketmaster. And Ticketmaster had always, pre-existing the pandemic, had had a terrible customer no-service reputation and has only magnified that during the pandemic. And... You have, can you pull up or do you have access to their policy? Yeah. Yeah. So here we go. Refund guidelines are determined by individual event organizers. And the event organizer changes the status of an event. We'll send you a notification explaining your options. Basically, Dean, you can go drop dead as far as Ticketmaster is concerned. They have no procedure for you to receive a credit. The whole idea then an event is postponed and the people who bought it are not able to attend a future date does not entitle you to a refund is unconscionable. I think about, let's say I buy tickets to a football game because everything in life to me is about football. (laughs) I buy tickets to a football game and they postpone the game and they don't make me entitled to a refund when they don't have the game. When I bought the ticket, but if I want to postpone attending the game, 
they don't change the date of the game for me. They say life's tough. Uh, Ticketmaster, having this as a stacked deck against you is terrible. Your only option, Dean, as I've advised other people dealing with Ticketmaster events, is that if the event organizers are saying, hey, life's tough, all you can do is sell the tickets in the secondary market for what you can get for them for the rescheduled date and just suffer the consequences of the gap that may cause between what you paid originally and what you can get for the tickets for that event. And I'm so sorry you can't attend the concert. So coming up next, when I walk in a retailer now that sells things like electronics, I'm really nervous about what could be going on, cell phone store, anything like that, with these violent theft rings. And I want to talk to you about being safe and also how this might actually ultimately potentially affect your wallet. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's a women's clothing store that is like 100 yards from where we live. And they now have two armed guards on duty anytime they're open. They've restricted entering. It's a retail store that fronted two streets. And before, you could enter it from both sides. Now you can only enter it from one side. And these on-site security people are armed to the teeth. And I walked over with my wife there the other day when she was doing a return of an item she'd bought there. And the guys were wearing full bulletproof vests and fully armored, serious weapons. I mean, this is this theft problem going on with violent criminal rings coming into retail stores is so unsettling all around America. Best Buy said that it was actually affecting their profits with the theft rings. And I hate that we're at a time in society with these organized rings from sea to shining sea that are either just doing nonviolent organized theft. And if you've ever seen any of the videos of this, you see any of these, Krista, where they'll come in like 10, 12, 15 people, they overwhelm staff of a store, they know what merchandise they're going to grab, yep. they steal it, and they, what's that called, uh, smash and grab. Yes. They just grab and they run out the door. It's terrible. And the extra steps retailers of expensive items are having to do 
with how they lock up the items, how they're displayed now. And the truth is, capitalists always adapt. They always come up with a way to respond. I went to see, I don't think I told you this, Krista, I went to see a new format Best Buy store, and I assume they're doing it this way because of the theft rings, because electronic stores have been so heavily targeted. And in this new store, there's virtually no merchandise on the floor anymore. Wow. Where Best Buy, historically, you would go and for a lot of items, you would pick them up, you put them in your cart, you'd go to checkout. Now it's almost like going way back in time. Do you remember there was a national chain years ago called Service Merchandise? Yes. Yep. And so you'd go into a Service Merchandise and they'd have one of each item out. And then when you wanted it, you would go to a place and you'd pay and then you'd wait for the item to come down and there'd be a pickup area where you They do get that it. in phone stores and Apple does that too now. Oh, do they really? Mm-hmm. They, there's nothing like, there's no stock of, you know, phones. They just, they have samples out there for you to look at. So this Best Buy, the floor space had, had been shrunk to maybe 25% of what it was before because they only have the individual items out. And then there's, in the store, they've created a secure warehouse behind. And then you go to an area when you want to pick up your item. You go there like in the service merchandise era. You go there and that item is brought to you. And so completely different rethinking. And I, I, just, I just despise that we're in a time because it it's not more efficient to do it this way. You have to have the labor to do right, it. Right, and people aren't as likely, too, to like make an impulse buy. That's true. Now, what it does, though, and it was true at this Best Buy, is there was a huge emphasis on buying at BestBuy.com or on their app and going for store pickup and picking up in the parking lot or picking up inside at the pickup area. The employees who formerly may have been on the floor, were all involved in giving you the merchandise, getting it and giving it to you. And so we are going to adjust, and hopefully this is just an ugly phase we're going through in America with the organized theft rings. And this is an area that police departments are called to do so many different things. Prosecutors have so many different crimes that they have to use prosecutorial discretion on what they make a priority, what kind of sentences they seek, and all the rest. But this is one that we've got to fix. Now, one thing I've read in several stories is that this is going to lead to higher prices for consumers. That's not how capitalism works. What happens instead is what Best Buy reported, that it affected their profits. Businesses have to adapt to the conditions they're in, the marketplace will set prices. You know, if Best Buy was the only place in America you could buy electronics, it would just be a cost they passed on to you of having to reorient, rethink their stores, having to come up with new security procedures. The clothing, the women's clothing retailer that has the two armed guards, 
I can't believe there's women's clothes that cost that much that you have to have two armed guards to protect them. But anyway, the point is, for you and me as a consumer, the dangers are inconvenience, and if you just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time when an armed gang came in, and it is a reputational issue more for the retail environment than anything else. But it means that people will say, hey, I'll just order online. You know, or whatever people will do as their personal decision-making with this, if it becomes an ever-present threat in your neighborhood, in your part of town, your metro area, you may change how you shop. But this too shall pass. And I think part of what makes it go away is retailers making moves, taking steps that make their environment safe for their own employees and for the customers who come into those stores. Okay, I've got a question here from Terry in Georgia. My husband and I have two adult children for whom we're in the process of setting up special needs trusts. They will get a fairly sizable inheritance from us, which is largely funded by our retirement accounts. Our financial planner wants us to start taking annual distributions this year, we're both 66, pay the taxes and use the proceeds to buy a life insurance policy to fund the trusts, thus reducing tax impact when we start taking distributions at age 72. The idea is to replace retirement assets with a life insurance policy to reduce tax impact. We wonder if there are any other options since this plan requires sizable annual payments. We also wonder why our planner is pushing this so hard. Because your planner is not a fiduciary. They are life insurance salespeople, and the value to them at your age, at 66 years old, of getting you to buy life insurance policies, the commissions on them are obscene. And the reality is you don't break even on a typical life insurance policy for 12 to 15 years. So the money you put in, you're way upside down on for a long, long time. There's two big changes I want you to think through. First, because there are substantial assets involved and you have adult children with special needs, you need to not walk, you need to run to a lawyer who all he or she does is wills, estates, and trusts for wealthy individuals. The legal fees you'll pay will be meaningful. They'll be significant, a very high hourly rate. But the whole goal here is you've worked hard to create this wealth in your life and you have these adult children you want to take care of. So you start with a lawyer who specializes in this specific area of law. It is a specialized area wills, estates, and trusts. You will not be the first clients they've seen with adult children who parents are worried about taking care of who have various special needs. So you start there. Second, whatever financial strategies you need to implement should only, and this is an only, be implemented with the help of a fiduciary, that's someone who legally is required to do what's in your best interests. And using a 
uh, a fiduciary who will be also known as a fee-only planner is central and key here. This situation is upside down and backwards going to commission insurance salespeople to give you advice about how to protect your adult special needs kids is a recipe for disaster. And I wish you the best finding a lawyer who specializes in wills, estates, and trusts. Not somebody who did their brother-in-law's will. You want a, a lawyer who this is what he or she is trained for. This is what he or she does every day, all day long, is this particular subcategory of law. Next question is from Julie in Missouri. What is the best prepaid debit card for a minor child aged 15 years, preferably a reloadable card with no or low fees? So my preference is for the Chime card. Chime.com is an account you can get that is fee-free and has a really good package of benefits. Chime is one of the fintechs that has started up of the dozens or hundreds of them that have and, you know, it's hard to know who's going to be a survivor and who's going to thrive in this business. But Chime is a really simple answer to your question because you avoid all the kind of fees that can occur. Another thing is uh, the, the tens of millions of people who are USAA members. USAA has fantastic products that are fee-free for uh what they refer to as youths. I didn't know anybody used the word youths anymore, (laughs) but uh, USAA does. And so their youth accounts would be ideal for this. In addition, if you have any accounts at uh, Schwab or Fidelity, both of them offer a variety of choices that might work for this that would be fee-free. If you have any investment accounts already, in a child's name. Another question about a child from Joe in Illinois. I've been listening to your podcast for years and thank you for all of the advice. I'm looking for a smartwatch for my 10-year-old that does not have connectivity to the internet. I want my child to be able to call me and a few trusted other people, and I want to be able to track where they physically are. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, there are several products in the market now that do this uh, that are sold. Uh, we talked about Best Buy earlier. Best Buy sells some of these. Um, Amazon has a number listed for sale. All the uh, three of the major cell phone carriers offer these products that allow a child to call a limited number of people. And they're very simple to use. They do have the GPS tracking so you know where your child is. And they tend to have a monthly cell phone cost, usually of somewhere more or less $10 a month. So look at the reviews that you'll see on Amazon or Best Buy. And I think those are the two places I think you'll find the the best selection. You could go to whichever cell phone carrier it is you use and see the device they offer find out the features of it. But with any of them, you need to have either a couple of weeks or a month to see if it really works like they say it works. And otherwise, you can return for a full refund. Because 
the reviews of these kids' products all through the years have been all over the board. So you may find one that people really like, and you also may find one that people think is terrible. And by the way, the same watch, you'll see reviewers at both extremes. Nobody ever seems to be in the middle on these kid watches that have the calling capability and also the tracking capability. And speaking of kids, I want to tell you, we work so hard at giving you solid, updated information on our 529 College Savings Plan Guide. And one thing we do with it, we do not give you recommendation of any plan that requires that commissions be paid. You should never, 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 not ever, without exception, there is not an exception. You should never buy a 529 plan that you have to pay commissions for. You only want to buy what's known as a direct sold plan. And we've got the reviews that even among the direct sold plans, they vary in quality. You can see what we believe are the very best plans for your money for your child and your state at Clark.com.